hallelujah. With anticipation, I can't wait to see what Jesus is going to do. He does all things well. Praise God. God bless you. So happy you're in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. What a great move of God is here today. Praise God. Let me speak to someone or someones. Please do not make a life-altering or a soul-altering decision out of a place of pain and when you're not close to Jesus. Somebody needs to hear the Word of God. God bless your hearts. To begin this morning, I'm going to literally talk about a morbid subject. That is, of something once alive, now dead. Anything that has life can die, or I probably should say will die at some point in time. Whether that's a plant, an animal, an insect, a fish, or a human being. The inevitable of being alive is death. There are studies and articles and all types of information to discuss and tell what it means to be dead or how we know someone or something has passed. I'm not going to spend any time on that because for all of us lay people, I should say, we just say if something has more, no more life in it, therefore it is dead. Death is such a mysterious thing to us, but it even that's not necessarily what I'm going to talk about. I want to talk about life, but I want to talk about things that were dead or that are dead. The Bible tells us very plainly where life comes from, Genesis 2, 7. And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Psalm says, for with thee is the fountain of life. Deuteronomy 32 says, see now that I, even I am he, there is no God with me. I kill and I make alive. I wound and I heal. Neither is there any that can deliver out of my hand. First Samuel, the Lord killeth. And maketh alive. He bringeth down to the grave and bringeth up. Acts tells us in 17:24, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things. God is powerful. God is omniscient. God is in control. God can do what he wants. Acts 17 says, For in him we live and move and have our being. One more, Matthew 10, 28. And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. God can destroy According to Scripture, God can kill. God can put to death. Simply put again, God can do what he wants. But we also understand that living things can destroy 
or kill other living things. We can observe this in the animal kingdom. Humans have the capability, or there would not need to be one of the Ten Commandments that says, thou shalt not kill, don't murder, don't take someone else's life from them. But I believe we quickly part ways when we're going to talk about bringing something back to life. If you have a plant in your house and you've neglected that plant, and we all observe and look at that plant and we all agree that plant is dead. But if you begin to water that plant and set it in sunlight and cultivate and fertilize it, and it begins to turn green and begins to grow again, the plant was not dead. It may have appeared that way, but once that plant is dead, you can't bring it back to life, no matter how much sunlight, water, and care. You can help with its health when it's still alive, but once dead, you nor I can put life back in it. John eleven twenty five. 25, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Jesus said he can have someone stand back up again. He can raise them up to live again. He can put life back in them again. Jesus can do that. I can't. You can't. Only God can. He's the resurrection and the life. And there's no degree of death. We say something like, well, he was half dead, or that scared me half to death. But once death has taken over something that was once alive, there's no degree of that. Morbid as it sounds, dead is dead. There are accounts in the Word of God where a person passed away. But life was given back to them, and it was by God. The widow of Zarephath's son in 1 Kings 17, and the Shunammite's woman's son in 2 Kings 4, and Tabitha in Acts 9, and Jairus' daughter in Luke 8, and Eutychus in Acts 20, and all of these that I just mentioned were still in the house, or can I say in our terms, the coroner or the funeral home had not arrived. Eutychus especially. The preacher preached too long is what happened. He fell asleep in the third floor window and he fell out and he died. And Paul preaching, well there goes Eutychus and Paul jumps out and runs downstairs. He had just passed away and Paul prayed for him and Eutychus got back up and then Paul preached some more. Maybe he had been dead a few minutes Maybe some of these others, they had been dead uh, just a couple hours before they were raised from the dead. So maybe not a degree of death, but a time frame, how long something or someone has been dead. In Luke 7, it talks about the widow of Nain's son. They were carrying him out. 
So I always thought of the picture of him carrying him maybe in our day from the funeral home out to the cemetery. So he may have been dead a little longer than one of those others that I mentioned that were still in the house or Eutychus that had just fallen. Sort of sounds like the time frame in 2 Kings 13, 20 where it says, and Elisha died and they buried him and the bands of the Moabites invaded the land of the coming of the year. And, and it came to pass as they were, another group was burying a man that behold, these, these bands of men came and the guys that were taking this other man to, to bury him, they, they put his body in the sepulcher of Elisha and when the man was let down and touched the bones of Elisha, He revived and stood up on his feet. Taking a man out to be buried just like the widow of Nain, her son. So the time frame seemed to have been a little longer. Maybe a couple days had passed. Lazarus, we know that one exactly. He had passed away. He had died four days earlier. And he was resurrected. Then the account when Jesus was on the cross, you know that one in Matthew 27, tells us that the graves of the saints were opened. They got out of the grave and they got out of the tomb and they went and showed themselves in town. I don't know how long some of them had been dead, but probably longer than four days. I know I'm belaboring a point, but I I want you to understand that Jesus is always the resurrection and the life. His resurrection power is not limited to those who had been dead only an hour or so. Or those who had only had a funeral, so maybe they had only been dead a couple days. Or even to Lazarus' length of time for four days. So Jesus' resurrection power is not even limited to just four days. Or who knows how long those saints in Jerusalem had been dead when they were resurrected. And stay with me for just a little moment longer on this. Because I want to turn to Ezekiel 37. Verse 1, the hand of the Lord, Ezekiel said, was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones. Caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley, a lot of bones, and lo, they were very dry. This gives us the idea that these bones had been there a long time. So the people who were once alive had died a long time ago. There had been no life, no breath, no action, no movement for a very, very long time. Verse 3, and he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord, you, you, you know. Again he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, Hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones. Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you and will bring up flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and ye shall live and ye shall know that I am the Lord. So I did it. I prophesied it. I was commanded. And as I prophesied, There was a noise, and behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to his bones. And when I looked up and beheld it, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. And God said unto me again, prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, thus saith the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. So I did it. I prophesied as he commanded me. 
the breath came into unto them, and they lived and stood upon their feet an exceeding great army. The word of God went forth, and there was a great resurrection. A resurrection of an army that had been slain and been dead for a long, long time. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. There is no degree of dead. Once something is without life, it is dead. But we do know that there can be a time frame. Someone who just passed, someone at a funeral, someone who has been buried for many, many years. None of that matters to Jesus because he has all power and he can raise up whatever he wants to. But I use the physical to talk about the spiritual. When Jesus said he was the resurrection and the life, he wasn't just talking about raising a human being from natural death, although he can do it. He wasn't just talking about when he returns and the dead comes back to life at the great resurrection. He was also talking about he is the resurrection to anything that is dead. Ephesians 2 and Colossians, it, is says, it says in those books, even when we were dead in sins and another says and you being dead in your sins Romans 5 12 says wherefore as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin and so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. No, I'm not referring to a physical death right now, but I am referring to all who are spiritually dead. And too often we are the ones who think, say things like, oh, he's a bad sinner, or they are deep in sin. But remember, there are no degrees of death. If you are a dead in your sin, no matter the sin, you are spiritually dead in sin. John eleven twenty five. 25, Jesus saith unto her, I'm the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. John 5, 24, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is past. From death unto life. Romans 6, for if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Colossians, buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Romans 8. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken 
your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. It does not matter how bad of a sinner you think you are. It does not matter how bad of a sinner someone else thinks you are or how much evil you have done or how dead you perceive yourself. Dead is dead. And it doesn't matter how long you think you've been dead. If it's just been a few hours or a few days or a decade, I'm here to tell you Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Jesus can pull you out of that grave of sin and breathe life into you. Ephesians 2, and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath he quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved. And he hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We can't get ourselves out of the grave, but Jesus is the resurrection and the life. He sure enough can. There is no such thing as too dead, too far gone, too many mistakes, too much sin, too far gone and as time goes on. He has all power. He has all power. He is the resurrection and alive. He can call everything back to life. Sin has destroyed everything that is good. That is why the scripture says things like dead in your sins. There's no life. There's no contentment. There's no hope. There's no future when you're dead in sins. This is why Jesus came. He came to seek and save the lost. Those who are dead in sins. His death on the cross, his burial in that tomb, but his resurrection over death, hell, and the grave. He gave us the example. His death, we repent and die out to self, our way, our wants, our desires. His burial, we're baptized in a watery grave in the name of Jesus, buried with him in baptism. His resurrection, we are filled with the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Quizzers, does this not sound like Acts chapter 2? Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent, that's the death, and be baptized every one of you. That's the burial in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall be resurrected. He's the resurrection and the life. 
Therefore, we're buried with him by baptism into death. That just like Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also shall walk in newness of life. Second Corinthians, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. All the death is passed away. All the clothes of death are passed away. All the stench of death is passed away. Behold everything, 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 everything. Everything becomes new. Let me do like the prophet Ezekiel did when preaching to those old dry bones. Hear the word of the Lord this morning. You have been dead long enough. You have been confused long enough. You have been going through life completely lifeless long enough. You have tried this and you have tried that. You have looked there and you have looked there. I'm going to tell you this morning, none of that will ever work because you're still dead. There's no life. There's no hope. But Jesus is the resurrection and the life. He stood at the mouth of the tomb of Lazarus and he said, Lazarus, come forth. I'm here to tell you, Jesus is at the tomb of where you're dead in your sins. And he's saying, come on out, come on out, come on out, come on out. He's the resurrection and the life. I don't want to be ornery, but I'm off my notes and I'm going to get right in your face. Keep looking. Keep searching. Just keep Googling away. Go anywhere you want to go. And when you come back, I'll still be preaching. Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Jesus can take you out of darkness and bring you into his marvelous light. Jesus can turn your life around. In an instant, he can do it. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Stand with me if you would. And real quickly, some of you who have been called out of darkness into his marvelous light, you have let your ministry die. You have let your dreams die. You have become lifeless. You're just passive about everything. Oh, he's the resurrection and the life. He can bring everything back to life again. Ye old dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Stand on your feet. Jesus is here. And he's about to resurrect somebody. Jesus is about to resurrect somebody in this place. Come on, somebody. Come out of that tomb, somebody. Jesus is going to resurrect some things in your life.